Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. There's one change in the Liverpool side from last night. Brian Hall has lost his place at number nine to the Welsh international John Toshak. Toshak, Keegan, 1 0. Hughes, Hooks, Toshak, Keegan, 2 0. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Joining myself and Jonathan Wilson today is Tony Evans, football writer and former sports editor at The Times, currently with The Independent and uh, author of uh, Two Tribes, among other titles. Tony, thank you very much for coming in. A pleasure. A pleasure is The pleasure is all ours, as they say. Um, we're going back to 1973. It's the UEFA Cup final first leg between Liverpool and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Liverpool won 3-0 and we go on to lose the second leg 2-0 but of course triumph 3-2 on aggregate but we're looking at the first leg specifically why have you gone for this game Tony? Well it was Liverpool's first European trophy it was the really the peak of Shankly's second coming um, so to rebuild the team after the the, the great mid-60s side and and I was 12 years old, and it was just one of the, the greatest things in the world to go with a match and, <laughs> you know, and the, you know, have a, a biblical rainstorm and then a match of equally epic p- proportions the next night. Yeah, and, and, uh, and obviously the result of that game would, would just about see them over the line, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this, the, the, the rebuilding aspect is what maybe the, the, has been slightly lost in the mists of time to sort of the wider public. And yeah, you, know, you sort of see we've seen this season with say Pochettino struggling that one side has come to an end and either 
yeah, he's got to go or the squad's got to be rebuilt. By the time of recording, he's still in the job. By the time of recording, he's still in the job, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it occurs, I mean, the conversation in those days was was very different. I mean, nobody presumably in the late 60s would talk, talk about Shankly having come to an end or having, having taken the team as far as he could. What were they? Well, th- there was a little bit of it. I mean, uh, again, these things are airbrushed out of history. Uh, before before they won anything in Shankly's first couple of years, there were complaints from the supporters club, you know, wanting rid of him, didn't think he was good enough. And there was grumbling. It wasn't, it wasn't massive grumbling. There's no social media. There isn't Twitter for people to form a form an online lynch mob for the manager. <laughs> but the, but there was still there was still complaints, and I, I, I think Pochettino is a good example now. Um, you know, you see it with managers, even Shankly, there'll be, there'll come a point where the players, who if they've been with them long enough, stop listening. You know, the 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 shtick wears you know thin on them, and you need to either change the players at that point or change the manager. And Shankly stayed loyal with the players from the mid-60s team too long and really put himself in jeopardy at that point. Um, so, but it, it, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. Shankly is one of the great motivators. And I had a conversation once with Peter Wall, who played for Liverpool and Crystal Palace. So he played under Shankly, um, Malcolm Allison and uh, Terry Venables. And he said... He said the difference in them. He said Shankly could make you believe. He said mm. he could make you believe all the time. Um, he said Allison could do it for one year. He said, but the second year he's heard it all before. It's you know it, it never you know it, only kids believed. He said Venables was quite different. He just instructed you about the game and your opponents, and there was no it wasn't a case of belief. But that's the problem for most managers. The the the, the players have just they stopped listening to them at some points. So yes. where where would you say that the point in which his first great team, where where would you say they come to the end? Is the sixty six cup winners cup final is that their sort of the the, the final peak? Or, or yeah, that's you know that that's probably where they should have won the first European trophy, and after that, and they get done by a, a really freakish deflection. Yeah, lose 2-1 okay. in, in, in extra time was it? Yeah it was so yeah. L- Labadia, Bruiser Dorman Yeah, yeah Labadia's yeah. shot takes a big deflection goes yeah. in lose 2-1 and then it starts yeah they won the cup the year before they won the league the year before that mm. but then after 66 it starts to starts to dip Yeah and, and to be fair it was a very competitive league you know United uh, won the title the next year and then went on to win the European Cup you know Manchester City won the title, they, they were very good. Everton were good, they, they'd win it in, you know, sort of 1970. So there, there was a lot of good teams around. It was a very, very competitive division. Well, there's eight, eight different champions in the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Leeds were probably the great the, the great underrated team from 65 to 75 in, in British history because, I mean, they hit the bar on the double almost every year yeah. and they were a fantastic <laughs> team and we kind of forget them. Yeah. Um, but so Another the, team that was allowed to grow all together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem, right? It's especially for, I guess, in those days when you have a manager who comes in and sort of it becomes like his extended family. Mm. It, it, you know, it's it's not that sort of slightly distant relationship you have now. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it was you know sort of Shangley became and he admitted it too emotionally involved with a lot of the players, and then of course when he dropped them, he dropped them with with stunning brutality. Well, that story of Ian St John mm. is it at Newcastle when he drops him for the first time? Yeah, yeah, and he he basically kind of goes missing in the corridors. And St. John finds out when the team sheet's handed round that he doesn't even tell him face to face. Oh, yeah. I mean, for all the strengths, Shankly, you know, he, he didn't front the players on things like this. It's funny because you wouldn't think that of a man like Shankly. No, no. You think, no. You'd think he would be very comfortable in saying to someone's face, You're not playing today, son. Yeah, I, I think he found it very hard to 
to, I mean, he could be very nasty and very shit. I'm sure, people. yeah. But I think he found it hard to disappoint people who who he liked. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a you know, very strange character. I mean, I used to go up the grounds in these school holidays and you would wait outside, you know, for the, the players, come back from Melwood, you know, to come off, get all the autographs and then go in and have some lunch and come out. And so Shankly's always be last out, so he'd wait for him. And then, um, you know, he'd come out and he'd sort of say, I, I, I can't talk, I can't stop today, boys. I, I'm in a hurry. And you had always get him, Mike, and you say, Bill, Bill, you know, it's George Best, the best player you've ever seen. He's go, oh, the boy's good. He's, he's good. <laughs> no, no, he's good. So who's the best you've ever seen? He said, oh, there's a lot of good players. So he'd be getting in his car. And you'd say, um, what was Finney like, Tom? Stop. <laughs> so what was Finney like, Bill? He'd stop. He'd go, Tommy. Tommy. Tommy was the best. <laughs> and that was it. You had, him, you had him for half an hour. Really? You know, he, he, and so he, he was this like sort of strange, he was, he was uh, sort of charismatic, but um, deeply human in many ways. Very sensitive, you could say. And yeah, yeah. Which is a word you wouldn't normally have yeah, around yeah. the chat about Bill Shank. You know, outside that, you know, gruff, yeah. granite Scottish mine and exterior. <laughs> you know, he, he was, he was, you know, he'd, and, 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 you know, things like my mate's, um, my mate's family, well, my mate lived on the corner of the Kemlin Road, and on match day, you know, things would get thrown into the yard and all that. And to, you know, his mother's always be round complaining to Peter Robinson, you know. And um, and if she got no satisfaction there, she'd go round and grab Shankly, <laughs> and he'd sort of that you know. I mean, there's loads of stories like that. He was he was a very strange character, but you know, as I say, deeply deeply human. You know, the, the stories of uh, you know of women who couldn't get couldn't get council housing, coming up and asking them to do something, then going downtown with them. So their housing office and banging on the door. He's like, like a uh, councillor. Yeah, he was. You know, he's um, he he was really deeply involved with yeah. everything that went on around him. And, uh, so, and you know, but the, the players say it was strange when he comes to drop them. Although the best story about uh, Saint John was when he realised he was on the way out. The, the famous Christmas story. The um, oh yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the tables of turkeys and the first team had big plump beds, and you know, sort of the reserves had little scrawny ones. And St. John goes up to get his, his big plump on. They go, oh, no, 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 St. You're over there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the moment at which he sort of is forced to accept this first great team has come to an end is is the defeat to Watford in the FA Cup in, in 1970? Yes. And Watford at the time was sort of lower end of second of a second division. So yeah. a big shock. And then once the change happens, it's, it's very rapid. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, again, he, he might have lingered too long, but once he knew he had to act... He was decisive, and uh, and you know, within a year they were in the, the cup final against Arsenal, got beat, and you know, bringing new players, and he'd signed Keegan just before the cup final, and suddenly a new team was you know was, was developing, and there were some of the you know the old faces, the mainstays. I mean, you know, Tommy Smith remains, but you know, the, the likes of Ron Yates, Peter Thompson, Roger Runs, Saint John, all uh, Tommy went, Lawrence, yeah, Tommy Lawrence, yep, yeah, uh, Clemens come in. So it was very, very much a much more youthful team, and and the football was was a bit more sophisticated than the the sixties team. Mm. Keegan was a crucial signing, of course. I mean, he was there. Would you reluctant to say, but like the one was the, the golden boy of that team, perhaps, or is that a bit too much? Oh, he was the golden boy of English football. He right. was, you know, he's um, and then German football <laughs> a yeah, few years later. Yeah, I mean, he you know, so he come in and he had a sensational impact. I don't think I don't think even Shankly thought he was going to have the impact he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he'd come in from Scunthorpe, and you know there, there were a couple of people interested in him, but not. You know, he, he wasn't one of those players that everyone 
was desperate to get. And um, I, I remember being there his debut against Nottingham Forest, the Danfield, and he scored early on. And I was like, wow, <laughs> what have we got here? It was quite a long break between him signing and playing, though, wasn't it? Didn't he have that sort of a six-month gap or something while he sort of got himself used to the environment? Well, he signed just before the cup final. Right. So it's... Um, oh, so it was just over the summer yeah, as he was, so right? Over the summer, yeah. Yeah, Liverpool knows that. They, they were playing a 4-3-3 more, am I right in saying? I mean, it's sometimes difficult to pin it down. It, it, I think they were very flexible. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, so I think it was... A, he, he would have thought of it in terms of a 4-4-2. Okay. But getting the, getting the, the midfielders forward as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, I, I think... Given the way football tactics were, it, it's it's hard to pin down. Exactly yeah, okay, who, yeah, no, you know. I appreciate that. And, yeah. um, and and certainly as a twelve-year-old, I I cared little for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. And, and and of course, going into that UEFA Cup final, and we should say that well, the so Liverpool U- finished third in in '72. Yes, and then yeah, they 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 get to the UEFA Cup final, beat uh-huh. Tottenham. In the semi-final. Yeah. And Tottenham were the holders because they'd beaten Wolves in the previous, yeah. which was the first sort of iteration of the UEFA Cup hadn't been having been the Fairs Cup um, in, what, 71, something like that, early 70s. And Liverpool, they win the league before going into this UEFA Cup final. So Shankly, he was, he was, he was back on top in England again. Yeah, and, and remember the previous year, they were very close to winning the league. The um, had Final a goal, day, final game. Yeah, the goal disallowed as Arsenal. And... Um, Late on in the nil-nil draw, that would have given them the title. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the famous instance when Derby are all on holiday, and yeah, there's Peter Taylor on the phone, yeah, finding out what the score is, telling Clough, yeah, we've we've won it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, they, they they were knocking on the door again then, and um, and they, they were just they were getting better, they were improving. You know, you could tell they were, um, you know, sort of they they were on the way, and it's but Europe was like. Uh, Europe was the holy grail yeah. to Shankly, and you know, and he hates up foreigners. You know, what I mean? <laughs> he thought they were all they were all dastardly cheats, and you know, it's, um, and he hates going abroad. I well, know. I mean, he thought they were dastardly cheats with a level of of justification, given what had happened in the European Cup semi final in '65, the, yeah. the, the Inter game when. I mean, there's there's no doubt, is there, that that, that was a, a game that was fixed. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly Inter paid off the referee. However, Liverpool's self-destruction was one of the key components in that. I mean, if you look at the um, if, if if you look at the uh, the stuff on YouTube about it, I mean, you, you know, you talk about Keane and the United players surrounding referees, and you know, and everyone looks at that. That's the, the way that, the way Liverpool roughed up the referee. It, I mean, clearly they they thought he was a cheat, and they, I mean, they they, they kicked him, beat him. You know, so uh, and they, they lost all discipline. You know, the the game was gone within fifteen minutes of kickoff. Um, yeah, so, so Liverpool won the first like two 0 at home, went to San Siro, mm-hmm. and then of the three goals into scored, one was a an indirect free kick that went straight in and mm-hmm. was given, and one Tommy Lawrence was sort of bouncing the ball, and the player sort of nicks it off him. Yeah, Tommy Lawrence claims he had it kicked out of his hands. He didn't. You know, it was just um, it's an unfortunate one. Yeah, he, he switched off. He lost concentration, and um, as a result of the first goal, and that was it. Oh. So, I, I mean, but only... I mean, it, it should be said. We know that uh, Desha Schulte, the Hungarian fixer, who appears in, in yeah. my book, the the name said long ago, and, and what a book it is. I'd advise it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, it, 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 this is this is not about Schulte. Schulte's story is incredible. Yeah, survived Auschwitz. Yeah, and and then. Goes into match fixing, yeah. He's a, an ast- astonishing figure, but it cost Liverpool. And 
So I, I can understand why Shankly and yeah, I think Clough had very similar opinions. Mm. Were very very skeptical of yeah. well Italians in particular. Yeah, and, and we should say about the UEFA Cup that it it was a big deal. I know that some people might think oh nowadays Champions League and so on. Well, you know, it, it really was a worthwhile trophy throughout its its sort of history. I mean, a few of the bigger nations had three. Uh, teams in the competition. Most sort of nations had had two, but some of the I think that the, oh, there's more good teams in the UEFA Cup than there were in the Champions Cup. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, you I, could I win agree. the Champions Cup by beating one or two good teams. The exactly. UEFA Cup, you were going to play three or four good teams. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, England, West Germany, and Italy all had four teams in it and that season. England had Man City, Spurs, Liverpool, and Stoke City. Um, but it was it, 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 there could be it might be a fanciful one, but as you say, there could be an argument that the UEFA Cup was was just as good to win as maybe even the, the oh, European Cup. Well, without a doubt, it, yeah. was, it was seen as a, a stepping stone to, to winning the European Cup. And, you know, you know so it was harder to win. Yeah. So once you won that, there was a sense of, yeah, you could go on and win the European Cup. Well, it's more like the Champions League now, as you say, Jonathan, yeah. for those reasons. OK, you don't have the best. So you maybe have three or four genuinely great sides wouldn't be in it, but you'd have a... Yeah. You know, you'd have a Mm. a long list of mm. really really good teams and, yeah. and all the up and coming teams are in yeah absolutely alright after the break uh, we'll get into the, the match itself stay with us Loaded high Lloyd 3-0 late bloomers tend to have more curiosity they tend to have more resilience there are stories and mythology that this country has woven around what if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble.
Welcome back to Greatest Games, everybody, on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Right, gentlemen, um, let's uh, let's talk about the match itself. There was an awful lot of rain in uh, in Liverpool <laughs> leading up to the game, uh, but the game did kick off. The referee said, "No, let's go ahead," but it only lasted twenty seven minutes. Tony, yeah, it's um, it, it was wet. It was <laughs> we were soaked through. I used to go on stands. I was in the Anfield Road, so on the main stand side, quite near the corner flag, and get there because of where the away fans would be now. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, I get there, you know. That night, come home straight home from school, mm. changed up the grounds, waiting, queuing to get in. So you're in there, so, so absolutely soaked. But you know, it was a, a European final. You know, for me, it was I'd never seen anything like it before. So I was really excited, and, and the game kicked off, and the the rain came down. It was it was <laughs> it really was uh, ridiculous, and 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 the 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 play was, I mean, the, the ball wasn't running. Mm. You know, you, you could tell they'd have to call it off. And um, Shankly picked in the team. He picked Brian Hall. Uh, the The idea was he thought Gunter Netzer would be coming, ranging forward and Hall could, one, close him down and two, get behind him. And, you know, it should be said that British football had, had a, uh, I guess, a terror and huge admiration of Netzer because Netzer had orchestrated West Germany's demolition of England at Wembley the previous year. So this sense of Netzer is, he is the future of football. He is the greatest player. We've got to be incredibly careful about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so Netzer was the, the, one of the latest uh, incarnations of total football. And he had this long flowing air and everyone wanted to be him. I remember after he destroyed England at Wembley, he destroyed England at Wembley. You know, in school, everyone was running, like going there and going, go to Netzer. You know, everyone <laughs> wanted to be like him. So, yeah, we living in fear of him. And, and Shankly did that. And, and, and perversely, uh, Munching Gladbach sat deep and with Netzer very, very deep. And um, Well, they played Netzer as a sweeper yeah. alongside, bizarrely, Rainer Bonhoff, who also, I think, is better known as a midfielder. Yeah, two, two of the greatest midfielders of the era were sitting were mm. sitting deep. And, and you know, you couldn't really see a pattern of play being established because the, you know, the, the, the water just stopped the ball running. But one thing was clear, they'd come, they'd come to park the bus as we'd say in the modern terminology and and go back to Germany and and look for a result and presumably the idea of playing these these two sort of ball playing midfielders as the two centre backs was they're going to keep the ball we're not going to give the ball away cheaply mm. if we sit the team deep enough then then you know the fact that neither of them are particularly good in the air isn't really going to matter yeah. except it turns out it really does matter and, and, and flood the areas where Keegan will be likely to roam because they, they were clearly worried about Keegan yeah, did, I mean, in 77, when Liverpool played uh, Gladbach in the European Cup final, Bertie Vogt went man-to-man on Keegan. Was, yeah. was there any idea of that here? Or? No, no, I think um, from what I can remember, they, they, they shifted, they, they just flooded the area and shifted you know, from zone to zone. Uh-huh. So it's, um, and uh, and Keegan didn't get a lot of space. And um, they, they, Liverpool, well, you couldn't get a low width because the wings in particular were like paddling pools, right? So, so there was there was little you could really glean from it. Well, but Shankly did take something from it, didn't he? So the game was called off after twenty seven minutes, and he realised that um, Gladbach were, were vulnerable to to a high ball in the air. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he, he for the for the kind of the restart, if you like, of the first leg. Was it played the next day? The next night yeah. it was played on. Um, it played the next night, and it was Tempe to get in. 
So you either, <laughs> either used your tickets if you were the stands, or because everyone had paid at the gate, 10p to get in. So it was it was even more crucial to get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and, and funnily enough, less people showed the second night, um, bizarrely. And you'd think, because I think most of the city went, oh, 10p to get in, like everyone will go, we'll never get in. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the next night, he... Picked Toshak yeah. instead of Brian Hall, and um, I mean, had it been a surprise that Hall? Had, I know you explained tactically why he'd, he'd done that, but had it been a surprise that Toshak had been left out for the first game? A, absolute shock, and and Toshak had a real hissy fit. Well, for, 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 for those who don't know, I mean, how important was Toshak? Because he was the kind of the, the centre forward, wasn't he, for the side? Yeah, Toshak was you know sort of really he, he was the pivot for the forward line. Knock the ball into him. Mm. He'd knock it down. You know the. Uh, the, the runners would go around and particularly Keegan and he feeds off him um, and it was dominant in the air. He was you know, a great presence in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, you know, so the, uh, the day the day the second game, the, 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 um, Toshak stormed out, demanded a transfer and, you know, so that that's not very good going into a game. Shankly apparently phones him and said, uh, he said, oh, get yourself some rest, lad. You're playing tonight. But didn't he accuse Shankly of having let Paisley pick the team or something? As if Paisley was seen as being, yeah, a bit too clever, try, trying to do, yeah, you know, messing around with things at work, trying to kind of, um, you know, overthink things. Yeah, because he'd been over there watching Munching Gladbach and come back with you know, some ideas, and um, but Tashak was lashing out, blaming everyone, and then. And he gets picked back in the team, and then all of a sudden everything's fine. <laughs> for poor Brian Hall, yeah. again, the, the, the classic Shankleyism, he didn't pull them aside at lunchtime and say, look, had a look at them, you know, we, we need some height in there. Sorry about that. And Brian Hall was very short. Um, you know, he, he, Brian Hall found out when the team sheet went up, which obviously was, you know, he, he was looking forward to the biggest game of his life. True. He got 27 minutes the day before, and that was it. Uh-huh. And um, and so there was an, he had an explosion at Chiangli before the match. So it wasn't the, um, you know, it wasn't sweetness and light in the dressing room. <laughs> no, really, clearly, that's for sure. But it was an important decision to put in Toshak mm. because the the next sort of restart, if you like, of this of this first leg, Liverpool just bombarded them. Yeah, everything was in the air. It was, um, you know, Toshak set up Keegan twice, you know, early on. Um, Larry Lloyd again in the air, big hulking centre half, who, who incidentally Shankly um, Shankly changed the team later uh, after the Red Star Bel- Belgrade defeat in the European Cup because he said you, you could which is win- the following season yeah. later that year, but yeah, what, November seventy three. Yeah, yeah, he said you, you couldn't win a European Cup with uh, a defender like Larry Lloyd, so he brought Phil Thompson in. Of course, Larry Lloyd goes on to <laughs> win two European <laughs> Cups. Um, so you know it's uh, indeed, but. but- Yes, yeah, so it's 21 minutes in, the first goal, mm. Lawler across, uh, Toshak wins the header, heads the back across goal, and a brilliant diving header from Keegan yeah. Yeah. to make it 1-0. And so that's already, there's the proof that picking Toshak was the right decision. And you see then almost immediately just how mentally shot Gladbach are by this, by, is it Bertie Vogt concedes a penalty? Yes. Just, I mean, it's Callahan's ball in and, and just... Jumps and punches the ball was away. Was it Bonhoff? I can't remember who it was. I think it's votes, but okay. I, I could be wrong. Sure. So punches it's a away. Ridiculous handball. Yeah. Mm. Does he get both fists on it? Yeah, both both hands. I on mean, it. normally a ridiculous handball from a defender is you go up and they have a rush of blood and they put their hand out to just flick it off the forward's head. 
both fists for yeah. a defender. Oh, and there's no doubt this is. You know, there's no way you can say, "Oh, he just sort of jumped." That's where it his hand was. Absolute madness. It's like a. It's like he's playing volleyball or yeah. something. <laughs> and I've not seen anything. It's like such it. a bizarre thing that Toshak, who's right next to him, putting pressure on him, only sort of half appeals and he goes off chasing the ball as if mm. Toshak himself can't quite believe yeah. what he's just seen. <laughs> like, well, that can't actually have happened. So, yeah. Yeah. so well, I mean, I mean, Toshak really got into the minds. He was bullying them. He was pushing them all around the pitch. And um, they just couldn't cope with his physicality. No. But then Keegan misses the penalty. Yeah, the good, good save. Goalkeeper makes a good down save. to the right. Yeah, indeed, yeah. But then, what, eight minutes later, I think, Keegan makes it 2-0. And again, it's the, the high ball into the box. Gladbach are just all over the place. Yeah, They just can't deal with it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a long straight free kick from Tommy Smith on the halfway line. And the ball just bobs about until eventually it, it falls to, to Toshak to head it down for Keegan volley. So it's you know, the same link up again. But yeah, if a penalty weren't enough to say Gladbach mm. have completely lost this, mm. yeah, that, that proves it. Because they had sort of four or five chances to clear it well, that, and that, just kept heading it back in the air again. I mean, that goal, the scene for that goal, what we, what we now know in big European finals, and you think of you know, the beautiful green grass, you know, the <laughs> team of very sort of cultured players and so on. And they were cultured players, don't get me wrong, in that game. But the pitch is all over the place because of all the rain. The way it's bobbling around, it, it just doesn't... That goal in particular doesn't come across as a big European final. Yeah, and, and let's face it, most pitches in... Oh, yeah. You know, by that time of year, we're, we're right mess. And when when they had so much rain dumped on them, they, they were terrible, you know. It's, um, so, but I, that that ball in from Smith is, you know, it's a it's sort of, it's a nil up vice free kick. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit of a point you'd expect any sort of defender or midfielder, no matter how short they are, to deal with that ball easily. And they don't. Yeah, because there's no angle on it. It's just no. straight. Yeah. And, and I think that just does show that, and I guess in that sense, it's, it, you know, in 99% of seconds, it would be ill-advised. In this circumstance, it's exactly right. Just yeah. keep bombing it, bombing yeah. it in. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they looked... You know, at, at half-time, you were thinking, oh, we'll get, we'll get six or seven against these. You know, they're so all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had to wait until about the 60th minute when, as you say, Larry Lloyd scored. and Completely unmarked in the corner. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, incredible to something get that much space. What, <laughs> seven, eight yards out? Yeah, but there's no pressure on them at all. Well, having had so many warnings, well, and goals conceded beforehand as well, and it was interesting because I think David Coleman says on the commentary, "Look again at this defence, hopeless in the air." <laughs> and when the commentator is pointed out for everybody to see, then you wonder why maybe they didn't sort of switch things up a bit, or I don't know, just get everybody it's back. A different game though, in terms of subs and. Well, I, mean, I suppose they've yeah. taken a risk by by playing Nets and Bonov. I don't know what other defenders they had in the squad who could have could have come in, but. Mm. Um, but the f- I, you, know, you just think what a favour did Liverpool that Toshak mm. didn't play that first night so they mm. didn't get the chance to change it because it could easily have been the other way around oh, without they talking. suddenly thought oh Christ we need whoever we got you six foot four mm. and a bruiser to yeah. mm-hmm. to deal with this yeah and, and you said Tony that everyone thought oh it's going to be sort of six or seven I mean at three nil up still half an hour to play they're thinking I mean was there, was there an air of we'll kill this game off or was it kind of like well this is done what was the feeling well they were a good side I mean yeah. the, the, you know despite the <laughs> The problems at the back, they, they could pass the ball out yeah. very well and very quickly. And so there, there was a kind of a little bit of a worry that they, they'd get one back. And, you know, they almost did. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, five minutes after that, um, you punks has a, has a penalty, which brilliantly saved by Clemens. So, I mean, it's a clumsy tackle by Howie on it down was. there. Yeah. I mean, the, I, 
my theory is that West Germany invented diving as we understand it now. <laughs> that was a foul. It was a penalty. Yeah. But Danner goes down like a man who's used to diving. Could <laughs> yep. we say? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you've, you. I think you might be onto something there about West Germany. Oh, Beckenbauer was a nightmare for it. <laughs> I know my dislike of Beckham I've talked before but <laughs> yeah I'm amazed we've managed a, to squeeze that into this episode what a whited sepulchre that man is <laughs> well you know the contrast between him and Netzer I find fascinating because Netzer was seen as sort of the, the wild child with his leather jacket and his long hair where mm. you've got the you know the Christian Democrat Beckenbauer with his very neat hair and mm. yeah Netzer's the one who married a woman in the mid 70s and is still with her yeah. Beckenbauer's the one who was uh, having court cases about things and may or may not happen in cupboards yeah mm. you know I mean yeah but my only issue is the hypocrisy of it. But yeah. Anyway, uh, how did we get into that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you needed to get that out. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, but yes, the, the, the game ended three nil, and and at the final whistle, I suppose Liverpool. Well, and the penalty save that Clemens made from Hank. Yes. Yeah. Turned out to be absolutely vital. Completely. Well, he said he'd seen him um, on telly take a penalty kick and. Uh, and he, so he decided to go the same way. And he said, oh, so my homework paid off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ray. Yeah, well, yeah, he kept it out. And Liverpool won 3-0. Then what was the feeling then, uh, Tony? Well, a, you, a, a job well done? Well, 3-0, you think, well, that should be it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's quite funny. Tommy Smith, uh, sort of after the match, was being interviewed. He said, like, you know, are you pleased? You know, you've got a 3-0 lead to take to Germany. He said, "Yeah, it's better than being three 0 down, you know." So I mean, it's um, but you know, you think, "Oh, they're going to win it." Yeah. It didn't quite turn well. Winners easily. It didn't quite turn out that way. I mean, yeah, they did win it, but as you say, it wasn't nearly as as comfortable as they'd have hoped because half time in that second leg, Liverpool were two 0 down. Yeah. And you Punk scored, what did he get, two? The second one he certainly mm. got was a lovely yeah. finish. Well, they're both lovely goals. I mean, the first one's Bonhoff's cut back to him. Uh-huh. The second one, as you say, is brilliant curling finish. Yeah, I was just sort of looking at the team for that second leg. They, they brought in uh, Surau to play played alongside Votes at centre-back. So Votes moved from full... I mean, Votes was a great man, Mark, really. Yeah. He mm. wasn't particularly tall. So they played Votes and Surau in the middle. Bonhoff went to right-back. And Dana, who played on the wing in the first leg, dropped to left-back. And then Netzer was able to go back in the midfield. So I think there's only one player different, but they've shuffled them around. Well, the, the, um, which I guess is a total footballing principle, so they can play in a, in a multitude of positions. Yeah, I, I, when you talk to the players that era, they they suggest that the best man for them that night, though, was the ref, because he penalised everything Toshak did. He, you know, um, every the, time, the Soviet, Pavel Kazakov. Yes, every time he jumped, he'd, he'd blow a whistle for it. You know, it's, uh, he, he wasn't like letting Toshak win anything in the air and uh, they all say he was our, their, their best defender <laughs> but Liverpool they got over the line and, yeah and that, I mean at half time apparently they, they, they say they were they were completely exhausted they'd been run all over the place they'd never had to chase them like that for a long time Shankly was ah don't worry they've blown themselves out and you know, they, they all say well you know you know he's wrong but you have to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, they held on though. Didn't but I mean, Shankly was a master of that, though, wasn't he? I mean, didn't didn't he after Ajax had beaten Liverpool? Was it five one or five nil? The mm. game in '66 was it five one? Five one. And you know his his claim after that game, oh, they're, they're a very defensive side who only play on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seemed to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, the man was a disgrace, but he could, he could make them believe. You know, but, um... but they won it. They, 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 you know, we're all said and done. Shankly took them to that victory, so they'd won. The, the old first division and the UEFA Cup in the same year. It was a remarkable year. Yeah. Possibly, would you say it was his best year in, as, as a manager? Oh, without a doubt. That right. Was, you know, that was, a, a, I think it was the peak of his powers, really. Yeah. You know, in terms of, 
you know, he, he produced a team, you know, in, within two years, uh, uh, that is a completely different style to the ones that have gone before, which, um, you know, would go on to dominate Europe. And, um, you know, it's, uh, he, he, he did it at a time when a lot of people were suspecting that he passed the sell-by date. Yeah. I would say in that, in that regard, how big a shock or how significant was that defeat to, to Red Star that in the in the Champions Cup that, that November? Well, I think everyone just thought, and I think Shankly thought, oh, well, you know, we've won this. This is, you know, we've, we've beaten Munchie Gladbach, who as good a team as there is in Europe. You know what? Next year, you know, the European Cup. Yeah, that'll be easy. And then, um, and then they gave gave us a lesson. So you know, both legs were two one, but yeah. it yeah. was the get the goal between the sides was great. I think. Oh, they, they you know they uh, they just ping the ball around, and Liverpool couldn't get near them. And, you know, I remember being in Danfield, couldn't believe what I was seeing. They they couldn't get close to them to foul them. Yeah, and and then Shankly himself, of course, who you know they won the league, won the UEFA Cup, and he only stayed the season after. I mean, presumably to have a go at the European Cup, mm. but then they fin- they did finish on a high win in the FA Cup. Well, and, and some of the football in, in oh, the yeah. final that FA Cup final is oh, yeah. it's amazing. And yeah, a famous clip of him on the bench doing the, the sort of yeah. the hand gestures, the very Benitez hand gestures. I can <laughs> <laughs> I think Rafa would be flattered by the comparison. <laughs> I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it would be. But yeah, then then Shankly, he was done. He oh, retired. You know, well, you, you, what you were talking about earlier about uh, being so invested emotionally in everybody, it just kind of caught up with him, really, I suppose. Yeah, and, and he also he was a serial resigner. You right. know, he was always resigning. So at this point, the board just got hmm, enough. And, uh, but, I, you know, remember one of those, you know, the, the cliche everyone remembers where they were when Kennedy was shot. <laughs> Kennedy when Shankly resigned, <laughs> and like the you know the the the, the words. So where were around. you? I was in school, and one of the teachers come running into the classroom. <laughs> Shankly's gone. <gasps> you know it's um. Are we, Evertonians know. cheering perhaps. No, because Evertonians quite liked it, uh, okay. and the relationship between the clubs wasn't like it is now. Sure, okay. it was um. You know it was much more cordial and. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, people were wandering around, wandering home from school in a state of shock. Going, How can this have happened? But yeah. I mean, do you, do you think? I mean, is it too easy to say that it was necessary for, for Shankly to go for Liverpool to have the European domination they subsequently had? <sighs> well, probably it was, it was probably the time for a natural evolution, and you know, Paisley was much more sophisticated as a as a tactician and a manager than Shankly, you know, and. And, and uh, you know, you could argue that he had the better eye for a player and got the got a better blend. Um, so probably, I mean, if history would have been different and Shankly stays, do they go on to have that sort of late 70s, early 80s dominance? Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, there's a famous programme notes, isn't there, that Paisley wrote before, was it Fenerbahce they were playing or Ferencvaros? Uh, Ferencvaros. Ferencvaros. Where he says, you know, we have to learn from the Red Star game. Our football's going to be different. Mm. It may look very cautious, but please don't get impatient. Yeah, which is an extraordinary thing for a manager to write. But look, I, I guess a, you know, actually, a, a very smart sort of political thing to do to say to the fans, mm. actually, this is on you as much as it's on us. You've you've got to mm. you've got to play your part here. Um, Paisley was very good at that. He did a different sort of publicity to Shankly. Shankly did the PR, the bombastic, and you know, sort of made everyone laugh. Paisley was very cautious, but he's uh, he's always do what he called giving them a bit of toffee, give, give them something to chew on. But like it's it's actually mean, largely meaningless. So he'd do that, you know, 
get the. But you said, do you think those program notes were meaningless, or was that actually? Yeah, I, I, I kind of think he was giving the fans something to chew on to make them. Yeah, to not not meaningless in the sense. I think he he achieved what you suggest he was trying to do, and I'm putting those on the fans. But he, I kind of, I don't think he cares one way or the other. Right. Deep down. You know, he, he, he had the way he was going to do things, and no one was going to make him do anything different. But that's yeah. But then I suppose with the notes, as you say, he's wanting to say that, but just not sound blunt. Mm. And and Anfield's such a fortress in well, I mean, it is in general, but in European nights. And he thought, well, if we can get it on side as well, have yeah. a bit of patience, I suppose. Yeah, and and you know there, there were pe- plenty of people who weren't prepared to be patient. I mean, the in in his first season when he didn't win anything. The Echo Letters page was full of people saying, you know, he was the wrong choice. You know, they, they you know, they wanted Saint John. They wanted, oh, you know, all manner of people. But you know, they they thought Paisley was the. the... I mean, how well known a figure was Paisley before he got the job? Was he? I mean, because he he seemed such a a figure who sort of was so reluctant to be in the limelight. So, and was he was he well known as an assistant? Or no, he's you know he was just one of those. I mean, Shankly sucked in all the attention. And Shankly was the one who, you know, he personified the place. So everyone else was in his shadow. So no Paisley was a, a bit of a, certainly as I remember it, and as I say, I was very young, but I remember, you know, it's like a bit like, well, well mm, is he going to be up to it? You know, it was what, yeah. we didn't know much about him. But and, and to just bring it back to the, the, the 74, 73, sorry, UEFA Cup win, crucial for Shankly's legacy because as you say mid-60s brilliant you know teams won a couple of league titles um, in FA Cup and 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 then a few years without winning a trophy that well, season and the two near misses in Europe the, yeah, of uh, course. the semi-final about which is a load of bitterness and then uh-huh. the, the very yeah. unfortunate defeat to Dortmund in the Cup Winners' Cup final yeah. so they, you know, they've, they've had a sniff of it and haven't quite got there but to win that European trophy in the same year they won the league as well that, that I mean not that his place was ever in doubt, not that his, uh, that you know, that name would ever be, uh, you know, forgotten or, or sort of tarnished in any way. But for for that season, towards the end of his reign, was crucial for Lank Shankly's uh, legacy. Oh yeah, and um, I, I, without a doubt, I mean, I think as in in many ways, that his greatest achievement was winning the FA Cup because that was what Liverpool were desperate to do in '65. Yeah, and the um, you know, so Everton has won it, and it, it was the it was, they were second class citizens in the city. Until that point, and that's when the balance, yeah, of so even though they won the league the year before the FA yeah. Cup had such sort of glamour and, and exactly. cachet in those days, so. yeah, and that's where the balance started to shift. But winning the winning the UEFA Cup, that you know, it, it turned it com- completely, and you know, and the um, it made such a difference. I mean, it was in the aftermath of that that the scarves come out with like Liverpool supporters all over the world with the flags on. It was the this, the sense of being a a. a, a not just a, a European club, but a global club started to form at that point. Because before that, I mean, it was a fairly parochial backwater in many ways. Mm. But now, you know, afterwards, Shankly says, oh, you know, um, all Europe are scared of us now. Gunter Netzer told me. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd be surprised if Gunter did. <laughs> but, you know, but that was it. Or, you know, Europe did sit up and take notice. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, and, and and you know, Munchenglad were a good team. I mean, they'd um, have another appointment with them four years later, 
and um, which is also a great game. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's a good note to end on, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, that was uh, Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. For more stories like that, do check out blizzard.co.uk. Uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. Cheers, thank you. And we'll see you next week, everybody. A Stakhanov production. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts.